everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is another episode of Hot Takes and Protein Shakes with yours truly, Tony Capobianco. Yes, it is uh, It is Tuesday, um, April 11th. Yeah, a little one day late. I know I'm going to have to be more consistent with this shit. Uh, yeah, you know how it is. You just put shit off and uh, it's like, oh, I'll record tomorrow, or I'll go to the gym tomorrow, or I'll eat healthy tomorrow. Eh. So I'd be a hypocrite if I said it and break my own rules. So again, staying on top of consistency. Uh, so I'll be rolling these out every week, and I'll be staying on top of it, making sure they release on Mondays instead of Tuesdays. So with that being said, uh, before we get into it, I have some more comedy dates for you. So for the month of April... Got more uh, coming up. So on uh, Saturday, April 15th, I'm going to be at the Comedy at the Loft over at the uh, Third K- Th- Third Coast Comedy Club. Uh, that's going to be, yeah, this Saturday on April 15th at 8 p.m. Uh, they do that. That's such a like, you know, cozy little room. It's a, it's It really is a loft. It's like one of those apartments where I was supposed to get, but they're... Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to get a loft when I first moved here in Nashville, but I reserved one, and unfortunately, when it came down to the wire, it was still under construction. So they gave me, uh, you know, the one I currently have right now, which still kicks ass. Don't get me wrong, I freaking love this place, and they docked me like a hundred bucks per month. So you know, it's still a win-win. But anyway, yeah. So that's gonna be at the loft on this Saturday. And then next week on Wednesday, the 19th, that's going to be our monthly up-down show. Very excited. We got a whole new cast of comics ready to uh, make their debut. Uh, That's the thing I've been doing uh, for the year. I'm I'm giving more and more people a chance. Um, That's not to say I'm lowering my standards. What I am saying is that, you know, like even if they're newer or if I just haven't had them yet, I got a lot of people scheduled. I'm like, you know, I've cast the place up from now until like june so i got a lot of great comics coming through i uh, got a few familiar faces coming through but i'm also giving some um some fresh faces a chance because you know when i first started out i want somebody to give me a chance too so yeah so i'm you know i'm giving them an opportunity to see uh, see what they can do because you know i want to prove myself just as much as they want to prove themselves so I'm opening it up, but that doesn't mean I'm not holding any standards because if they go up there and eat a bag of dicks, then that's <laughs> that's on them. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not I'm no I'm not exempt. I'm not uh, I'm not anybody special either. That's happened to me before. It still happens every now and then, but you know, but this is just part of the life that we signed up for. It's all about failing up. So whether or not they take that attitude that's entirely up to them but yeah i got a lot of new people coming through a lot of great funny people uh that's gonna be uh, at up down in east nashville on wednesday the 19th at 8 p.m and then that following wednesday on the 26th i'm gonna be at cafe coco for the no no my mistake uh the 26th i'm gonna be at uh, sunny's for the pb backyard comedy show so that's another fantastic uh Comedy showcase here in Nashville. Always a great crowd over there, and um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a similar situation. It's like a nice little cozy back room, but they got a whole production. They got like this neon sign in the back, and they got cameras, and it's all mic'd up, and you get to like, get footage, and the crowds are usually great. So, 
Very excited to have that. That's going to be at Sonny's. Uh, and then, that's going to be on the 26th. And then on Friday the 28th, I'm going to be back at the Holistic Connection in Murfreesboro. And I just came back from headlining there uh, this past Friday. That was a lot of fun. I'll get in, we're going to discuss that in a second. And then on the 29th, Saturday the 29th, I will be headlining at Mactown Skate Shop in, McMick- in McMinnville, Tennessee. That will be happening at 8 o'clock on April 29th. So, yeah, a lot, lot going on this month. Very excited. And, yeah, I do, I've done the, this, you know, it's, I've done that uh, venue before. And I'm the only comic there. Everybody else is a band. And usually I kind of like those things. For one, being the only comic, um, you get, you're, you're treated to, an enti- to just people who are not comedians. And you get a fresh fresh face and a fresh take on whatever it is you're going to say. Um, but then again, the other side is like you're dealing with people who came here to see bands. So the last thing they, they, last thing they expect is you know, somebody to come with the funnies. But, you know, I've done it before and it was a good time. I'm going to do it again. That's going to be a good time too. So really excited about that. And uh, yeah, yeah, so that's it for the month. And I've got a few more coming in May, but I'll get to those as uh, as the days come on. So, but going back to what I was saying earlier about the headlining holistic, that was a good time. Uh, I'm glad I'm able to do finally <laughs> doing some headlining gigs. Oh, and it's not it's not without. Uh, what do I say? Usually, when it comes to headlining, I always say um, everybody thinks they can headline until they actually do it. Because, again, like I said earlier, when you're starting out, you're eager, you're hungry, you're driven, which is great. But, again, sometimes you are so eager and driven, you're also equal parts delusional. (laughs) Because there have been times where, I mean, I'll admit this too. I remember my first time I headlined, I was like maybe four years in. And I had to do 20, 25 minutes. I was excited. I was thrilled. I do it, and I ate a bag of dicks. <laughs> and oh man, I was pissed. Oh boy, oh I was pissed the fuck off because it, it wasn't necessarily a bomb. It was just more just dead cold silence, <laughs> which to me is even worse. Uh, I mean, like then, like I tried chipping away and just hacking away and. You know, I try my best, but, you know, it was a learning experience. So now, uh, now that I'm nine years in, I have a completely different perspective. I'm a lot more prepared. I have much stronger material. I know I can go the distance because I've done it God knows how many times. So, yeah, you definitely feel a lot more prepared uh, the more years you put in because, I don't know, it's like when it comes to headlining, people, again, are way too eager because everybody's a headline until they actually do it. Then you're like, oh no, I bit off way more than I could chew. And it's it's an ego-driven thing. So you haven't necessarily earned it. I mean, like, you know, I'm just doing headlining at like local level. I mean, at a club level, I'd probably be back at, you know, uh hosting or doing an opener. If I'm lucky, maybe feature. If I'm lucky. But at this state, yeah, if I were like, you know, at a club for like a, a legit like national headliner yeah i'd be more like opener or host or maybe if i'm even remotely lucky maybe feature but still 
Uh, it's all about uh, how you earn your keep, <laughs> or, or what? How they say it? Uh, paying your dues and all that bullshit. But you know, it's it's just part of the game. You know, nothing nothing ever happens overnight, and like no, yeah, success never happens overnight. I mean, hell, I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm only nine years in, and. You know, I'm definitely a lot more confident in my abilities now than I was four years in. Don't get me wrong. But I also, I'm also aware enough to the point where I'm not going to let my ego uh, shoot myself in the foot. Because like, I'm because anybody, like even the pros, even like every national headliner knows that there's always room for improvement. They always want to get better. They don't want... Almost everybody I've spoken to, whether they headline or they open or they're just open miking, um, nobody wants to stay, wants to hit a plateau. I'm like, oh, this is fine. You know, nobody wants to plateau. Nobody wants to hit their peak because that is terrifying. Because once you hit your peak, then it's like it's just downhill hill from here. You know, it's like that is terrifying to know you are past your prime. So what's good about this is I don't think you can ever be past your prime. I mean, at least depending on the person. Because, you know, but then again, some people, without naming anybody in particular, but a lot of people I know, some of them back in Boston, they've, yeah, they peaked. They, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to say, but, you know, it's reflected in their work. They hit their peak, God knows, years ago. And they're still going at it, but they had there's been no sign of improvement. So, and watching them get lapped by everybody, all the newcomers or people who are constantly working hard and improving and hardening their craft, you know, it all boils down to the work you put in. So, so I guess that's uh, my little inspirational mo uh, quote for uh, for this uh, for this podcast. I have a few more notes here. Oh. Speaking of comedy, uh, dude, I watched. Um, there's suddenly been like a like a tidal wave of really good comedy specials coming out within like the last few weeks. I mean, uh, Monique finally got her Netflix special, long overdue. She is amazing, and yeah, like she's one of the original queens of comedy. I know there was some drama with her between um, her and Netflix. Uh, she was first offered a um, a Netflix uh, special. But um, she wasn't happy with the number they proposed to her versus what they were offering like Amy Schumer, which was like in the millions and Monique would have gotten like 400 grand. So I'm like, how is she going to survive on 400 grand? I mean, thoughts and prayers. But but I do give, give her credit for the fact that she knows her worth. So I don't know what she got paid for this, but God damn it, that was she she earned every penny of that because. No one I've seen here, she she is like a shotgun when it comes to Joe. She just comes at you one after another, after another, after another. And this one, she did some of that, but also because she allowed herself to be a little more vulnerable in this special. Uh, there was like some deep, like heavy, like, you know, emotional moments of hers. And she's like, you know, being very vulnerable and very upfront and bearing her soul. But even after that big, like, you know, monologue, she comes back with a punchline and made the build up all the more worth it. So that is like, that is definitely worth studying, in my opinion. Some people didn't think it was funny. I mean, it was funny. It maybe not what they were expecting from her. But you know what? Again, like I said, um, she, like, 
her comedy now is different than it was like back in the early 2000s because she's been doing this for a long time. So of course her act is going to change. I mean, remember when Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle first came back after he, uh, uh, after he left Chappelle's show, he just disappeared from public life. And then he came back with all of his Netflix specials and God damn it. He was, uh, he was like a machine gun. I mean, he, he, his whole cadence, his delivery, all of it was different, but like the, the the strength and like the the haymakers of the jokes he was delivering were even more powerful than when he was when he was doing Chappelle's show, like that like he started Chappelle's show when he was like uh, like twenty seven, and he did it until he was like thirty or thirty one, uh, I forget exactly how 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 old he was, but he left and then he came back and he oh his act was noticeably different if you do like you know side by side comparison, yeah his. His cadence, his delivery, his wording, how he phrased stuff, his structure, all of it was different. But the new versions, like the more recent specials that we've seen, are astronomically better. I mean, his early stuff was still fantastic, but compared to that, to the today's stuff, I'm amazing. Unbelievable. And I think we're supposed to get a few more of him uh, in the incoming future. I know he's producing... Uh, specials. I mean, hell, he produced Earthquake Special, which again is another comic way overdue, and his was amazing. And uh, and I think we're supposed to get another one from Chris Rock. I mean, we we saw his live special, and uh, yeah, so it was, I think he's supposed to do another one pretty soon. So we'll have to be on standby for that. But yeah. Oh, and another one. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of good comics are doing uh, YouTube specials. They're just releasing it themselves. And they're not waiting around for a network to, you know, buy it from them and expect so many streams from them. Nope, they're just doing it on themselves and reaping all the benefits for themselves. All those YouTube streams, all that ad revenue, it's going straight to them. So two great examples is first one, uh, Mike Vecchione. If you don't know who he is, he is an awesome, awesome um, New York comedian and Record his uh, his most recent special, The Attractives, down here in Nashville, over at Zany's, and again, oh man, oh, it's it's just it's just like it's like a smorgasbord of different kinds of comedy. You got like you know heavy hitters, you got haymakers, then you got people who like to dance and like you know get and tire out their opponent. So with Vecchione, again, he comes back at you, but he does a little bit of both. He'll like you know throw a haymaker he'll but then again he takes his time you know he'll give you a jab 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 haymaker bam but then there are other comics who are just constant haymakers and others who are just constantly jab 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 and then boom haymaker 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 like all their timing is different so with with mike vecchione yeah his was great Another is uh, Big J Okerson. Oh my God! If you love just dirty, filthy club comedy, oh my God, Big J is your guy. Uh, look no further. Oh, his is amazing as well. So, so much, so much good comedy out there, and it's just all the more inspiring for me. I mean, hell, like that's. I mean, these people have been doing it for decades, for at least twenty years, and I'm doing it for less than half than that. So, um. I guess uh, what I'm trying to say, I I don't want to try to compare myself. Like what my milestones, what I've achieved so far, I shouldn't compare them to their milestones, because it's different for everybody. Some people hit their stride, 
you know, years down the line, some people hit the stride as soon as they get started. I mean, I know a bunch of people who just like, you know, start headlining two years in and they've just been like, you know, just soaring ever since. Whereas for me, I remember I didn't start hitting my stride until like maybe four or five years in, you know, I, like I spent the first four or five years just, just <laughs> for lack of a better word, fucking around. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to find my quote unquote voice and thankfully over time it just kept that kept that kept that kept that and eventually i found you know my cadence my my i guess my quote unquote voice and um and i'm been and i'm so much more comfortable on stage and the stuff that i've been doing uh i guess my only thing is like i've said before just structuring my act because there's just so much to sort through it's like you know a rubik's cube with my with my with my own premises <clears throat> but yeah, so that is uh, that's what I've been, what's been going on with uh, stand up. Oh yeah, I was supposed to talk about holistic connection. Um, yeah, that that was a good time headlining. That was fun. Uh, I, they gave me a, uh, a a THC bath bomb <laughs> as a thank you, and like you know, it's been God knows how long since I've taken a bath. I mean, usually it's just a shower for like five minutes and boom, I'm out. Whereas with this, I'm like, you know what, I freaking kill myself at the gym almost every day it was a leg day you know just just went yeah just went to town on him and you know what like the lady's like you go to the gym a lot and uh this is really good for muscle soreness and recovery and you got feels that much better so i figured you know I'll, whatever i'll give it a shot i you know drew myself a bath which is something i don't think i've ever said out loud before uh, toss that little guy in and just slowly dissolved and I really did feel better you know like I did feel a little more relaxed and I just sat in there for at least like half an hour to 45 minutes maybe it was an hour now I'd say more like 45 minutes and I just let my, I had a good soak just let myself just get all pruney and yeah just let my I didn't get high though if that's what you're wondering you know <laughs> like I, I, I have expected it you know, like let my skin ab absorb the THC, but and I, I mean, it definitely felt a lot better, a lot smoother. I mean, dude, like my balls felt amazing. <laughs> it felt so smooth and just like, you know, it's like I get, <laughs> it's like uh, when chicks do like a facial with that, with like that, uh, that mask that they do with a, that weird blue face mask or whatever. It was like that. For my nuts and it, they just felt just so smooth and refreshed and i just want to let them like you know swing through the breeze Wee! <laughs> i just want to let them like feel like a dog with his head out the window in a moving car <laughs> uh but yeah they it felt pretty good um i don't know if i'm gonna do it again anytime soon just because you know that's a lot of water and heat and you know utility bill is gonna be a little bit higher than average because of that but you know it was worth it very much worth it and uh, yeah, when I did uh, when I did uh, the holistic connection, it was a lot of fun. Uh, again, like the the staff were great, the the audience members were cool. Uh, there was one point where I, on one side of the room there was like maybe like two obvious uh, middle aged lesbians, <laughs> and on the other side were two um, somewhat obvious trans women. And all four of them, I couldn't help but think, look at me and like hate me with every inch of their bodies. <laughs> oh, 
Which is, which is, I mean, as a performer, like, I mean, I naturally assume people hate me. No, no, I don't. But you know, it was something about like just the looks they were giving me. I mean, and I was, I wasn't doing anything bad. I mean, like, I have some offensive stuff, but none of it was like directed at them or like you know, like underhanded comments or anything like that. I mean, hell, I had some playfully misogynistic stuff, but it was playful. It was jokes. You could clearly tell. But I got, I just kept on chipping away. I, I mean, hell, I'd be lucky. I mean, if one of, if one like the when one of the trans women gave me a, a smirk or like, you know a little grin or even a few ha has, I that might as well have been a standing O for me <laughs> on their part. Everybody else was cool; they enjoyed the show. But again, what I don't know what it is. Like sometimes it's just like all it takes is like one person who doesn't look like they're having a good time, and it can just ruin your act. I'm like, no, no, this we're we're gonna have some fun with this. I'm gonna. This is like an uphill battle, and I am game for it. So, as soon as uh, I see somebody's just looking at me like a Easter Island head, yeah, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna come at stuff with even harder. I'm gonna deliver this shit even harder than I usually do. And although it was an uphill battle, and you know, every haymaker I tried to give may have gone just a little ha, or a smile, or like an internal laugh. Dude, like if that was like in a real club, that was what that yeah again that was like a standing O for me. So I'll take the victories when I can get them. And um, yeah, so again, that was like a quick little comedy recap, uh, just a you know a quick twenty-two minutes. <laughs> but yeah, since this is the hot takes and protein shakes part, I have to get to the uh, the hot takes part, which is uh, fairly interesting because uh, like it's a I'm pretty sure that the whole trans thing has reached its tipping point because, I mean, there's no hatred behind it. I mean, hell, like this could get, you know, mildly transphobic on to some people, but it's, you know, just hell, I'm just just playing honest and there's no hatred behind it. But it's at like a, an obscene degree, because first off, if somebody's trans, fine, good for them. You know, like it's none of buying business, whatever it is they do. But again, everybody, everybody was cool with it. Fine. But it wasn't until they started involving the kids where everybody's like, hang on, their brains are still mush. So let's not, you know, let's not get them involved just yet because, you know, you're not allowed to trans. You can transition before you're 18, but you can't get a tattoo until you're 18. You can't have a drink after 21. So it's a very complex issue and I'm not exactly the most qualified voice to talk on it. But a lot of people, again, I mean, I think the tipping point was when Bud Light decided to do that sponsorship with uh, that trans activist who, I mean, that, that is, whoa. I mean, no hatred behind it, but that is a freaky looking lady. <laughs> like, I saw like a Babylon Bee article where a scientist uh, tried to determine how many Bud Lights it would take to uh see this person as a uh as a woman and like up close like oh god Ugh. so again that's i don't know what yes so with that being said yeah like as soon as they did that ad campaign oh god it blew up in their face big time like wow 
Like if you ever feel like you're having a bit, if you ever feel like you're having a bad day, just pray to God you're not the VP of marketing at Bud Light. Oh, that that lady. Ooh, she. Oh, oh, she sabotaged herself big time. Everybody's like, you know, as soon as that that came out. Oh, like everybody. Like I mean, for one, I don't drink alcohol. Period. I mean periodically i will if it's like for a social occasion but it's not like but for the most part i barely ever touch booze and if i were to get a beer bud light would not be the first choice not because of this just in general hell i'm more like a modelo guy but yeah as soon as this happened like that when you see if you haven't seen the ad just google it and you're like this does not look like a bud light drinker at all like this does not like that brand and this individual do not look like they have anything to do with each other. Obviously, you know, the the trans lady, chick, whatever, she, of course she's going to say yes. I mean, it's it's a big paycheck. Who wouldn't want, like, who wouldn't say that, say no to that? But again, like the same person, the same trans person also accepted uh, ad campaigns from Nike and Tampax for some reason. Like, you know, like what... What chick is going to look to this person for information on tampons? This person didn't even use tampons. Like, you know, they did an ad for Nike. They don't work out. They're a twig. They don't, look, you know, they don't work out. And yet they are modeling women's clothes to women with a male body. And I have I've been listening to other people's testimonies on TikTok. And I think I've like become slightly feminist. <laughs> <laughs> Not in like the new version where like you know hate don't get dye my hair and you know be undesirable <laughs> that not that kind of feminist where like I put my pronouns in my bio or whatever it's just that you know I recognize men and women as one hundred percent equal period but there are also instances in for uh, sports for example where uh, there are clear obvious differences between men and women and the fact that this is even up for discussion just still hurts my brain because like because well i'll just address the biggest most obvious one like the leah thomas one uh, leah thomas was a dude swam with uh on the on the men's team uh was like 65th in the breaststroke or the freestyle and wasn't until after the transition where suddenly she's crushing the women's division while still having all the male benefits, the male athletic benefits. Even though she identifies as a woman, uh, her body is still male, 100%. And despite being on hormones and doing all the hormone therapy, that doesn't eradicate the athletic advantage. And a lot of people are just turning a blind eye or trying to justify it. And whenever I hear somebody uh, refusing to acknowledge the physiological differences between men and women, it's like these are the people who like, you know, all the all the protesters and activists who like there's like the girl who who raced against Leah. I can't remember her name, but she uh, was invited to speak at a college after her after her speech. Um all these activists just like rant, just terrorized her and they, you know, pretty much like barricade her into uh, into a classroom for three hours. And 
Uh, like these are people who do not care about sports. They don't. Like everybody who turns a blind eye and just tries to justify stupidity in regards to like you know men's and women's sports actually do not could not give one single shit about sports. If you ask them, yeah, who's uh, who's your team? Who's uh, who's the QB of the Kansas City? Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So like, uh, it just turned to a mouth breather. Well, I know. Like victim Olympics is their only sport and that's not a real sport. So like instead they just rely on talking about like, you know, like trans rights are human rights. I always want to be like, you know what? Name one human right. Name one. I think the UN like listed like 21 official human rights. I dare you to name me a single one. And you can't. <laughs> it's just, it's, I guess I'm saying that they're all fake. You know? It's like they just want the appearance of looking progressive or like allies, quote-unquote allies. And I hate that word ally because there's always a level of narcissism associated with it. it they're, they're all fake. All the people who try to justify like a, a male who identifies as a woman competing against females in the same sport they try to justify that they're fake plain and simple so you're probably thinking tell me about what's yet i have two solutions either a uh i think the like the world athletic association in europe came out it's like uh trans women aren't aren't allowed to compete which that is one or b if they do want to compete they can but only with the same sex so if a trans woman, like if Leah Thomas wants to compete, by all means. However, because she is still a male, she has to compete with the other males. I mean, she's been doing it this whole, you know, up until like a few years ago. So in the aspect of fairness, yeah, she doesn't have to take hormones. You can just jump right in and still in and still, you know, compete and still identify as a woman and not be on hormones. But that would mean she'd have to go back to being like 65th or God knows what else. And a lot of the, you know fake activists will say like no, that that yeah yeah because they don't because they want to see a trans person on the on the podium win first. They don't care about fairness. These people don't even don't even play sports. They don't work out. If you have you seen what an activist looks like? Oh my God, they're built like a blobfish. So, and these are the people thinking they can rule the conversation. It, it, it's just ridiculous. So, and everybody's had enough. Almost like everybody across the board, not just like, you know, uh, like straight people, but you're seeing like the gay community, the lesbian community, the, the bisexual community, even different uh, trans people acknowledge the fact that, yeah, this is, gone too far there are trans people who just transitioned and want to be go on with the rest of their lives that's totally fine though i respect that and the, but then there are also very toxic trans people who are trying to again uh rule the conversation because i made this point earlier that it's weird how like males are now dominating men's and women's spaces <laughs> and this is how i think i've turned like a new feminist leaf because this is like the new patriarchy. It's a patriarchy party because now males are in charge of 
uh, tampons and women's clothes and a lot of, you know, quote unquote, uh, feminists are siding with it, not because they, I don't think they actually believe it, or maybe they do, or they're just trying to trick themselves, but they're doing it so they look like I'm a great person. They're being fake. And that's, I think more people need to point that out. Like you're a fake, you're lying, you're pretending. This is all performative. You don't actually care. You just want the appearance of looking like you care. And people are, I mean, I thought it was just me. I thought I was special. There's a little narcissism for myself. At least I'm self-aware of it. But more and more people are, are pointing it out. More people are aware of it. And that is amazing. And that's why I think right at this moment, we've hit the tipping point of, I wouldn't say just, you know, with trans, but like the woke movement in general. It's like it's had up. It's swung as far as it can. And now... It's coming back. People like common sense rule is starting to rule for God once in our life. After, oh, for years. I mean, this has been going on since I was like in college. This is, how long, when did I leave college? I'm like 35 now. So like 12, 13 years ago. Well, damn. This has been going on for a third of my life. And it is, it's, oh, it's finally over. Oh, it's like it's hard to believe it's actually happening. <laughs> but that's not to say I'm like, you know, I'm siding with Kid Rock or the other, like, you know, like psychopath uh, extremists on the on the right, on the far right. I mean, hell no. It's like, do you ever like been around people that you are uncomfortable that agree with you? <laughs> you know, like you're, yeah, being uncomfortable around people you agree with. Like you know, I'm not drinking Bud Light not because of this pro, not because of this whole thing. I was never drinking in the first place, but I can be certain I'm not doing it anyway going forward. But I'm not gonna create a giant spectacle like you know Kid Rock did, like you know they're firing squad on a bunch of Bud Light cans and a few other country singers said that they're not uh, having any Bud products on their tour. So yeah, I'm not again. That is like performative against it you know like that's when everybody like you know when elon musk bought twitter it was like yeah i'm not gonna buy a tesla i'm like bitch like you could afford one (laughs) (sighs) so again there's a lot of fakeness on both sides mostly on one side but again I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a fakeness on the other side they gotta create a spectacle they gotta create a oh look at me sort of thing out of it so, yeah, I guess I guess that's the, the common denominator amongst all this. There's fakeness everywhere. A lot of people pretend like they care. A lot of people pretend like, you know, like a lot of people pretend like they know what they're talking about. And I can <laughs> and to make sure I don't fall victim to my own opinion, I am guilty of this. I'm not always 100 percent on everything. I try to be. I love being radically honest about everything as much as I can, but every now and then I either have to A, bite my tongue or B, you know, tell a white lie. And, but whenever I find myself being fake or kissing ass or, you know, fluffing somebody's ego for the soul, for like, you know, out of fakeness, I die a little bit inside every time. And it just, 
yeah, I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but whenever I find myself being fake, it's just like, oh, how how can I do this to myself? <laughs> Why am I subjecting this to myself? <laughs> I I don't know, maybe because I haven't been to enough uh, coke and sex parties. I mean, hell, I'm I'm an actor now, so if I'm going to hang around other actors and directors and producers, and you know, might as well get used to it. But you know, but then again, these days people appreciate honesty and authenticity. So, hell. You know, even, you know, we're supposed, actors pretend, but even if you're pretending in real life, that is insufferable. So, yeah, I guess that's where I stand. Damn, damn, this, uh, this podcast kind of flew by. So, other than that, uh, thank you once again for listening. Please uh, like, share, like, share, subscribe, comment, review, all that, you know, algorithmic stuff to get you know play the algorithm into my whore maker my bitch and other than that thank you for listening and i will see you next time